Forag Tongue Earthlets. My name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 105th episode of Space Spinner oh, 2000, God. a oh, podcast where two Americans God. try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering 2000 AD for October and November 1983, progs 338 to 341. This week, Judge Dredd finishes the graveyard shift. We'll meet Slane's dad. Uh, we'll meet, a, as well as a futuristic necromancer. And we'll learn the truth about Venus blue jeans and meet an old friend in Nemesis the Warlock. Big jobs. Oh, so awesome. Do you know what I love, Conrad, more than anything else? I love, What's I that? love food. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I love wine. I love drinking. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, I really, I really love playing video games, but do you know I love more than video games? What? Big jobs. It's fair. It's super fair. Uh, so if you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd, The Complete Case, Files 7, Rogue Trooper, Tales of New Earth, Earth 2, Slain Warriors, Dawn, The Complete Nemesis, The Warlock 1, and Strontium Dog, SDH, SD Agency, Files 2. God. Yeah, Always so many things. I know, man. Yeah, figuring out what books he's in. I'm working overtime. And speaking of working overtime, Fox, <laughs> it's... Oh, God. Through one, Judge Dredd. Uh, script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant is T.B. Grover. Art robot Ron Smith. Letting robot Tom Frame. It's fun to have Dredd in the throw one slot again. I feel like it's he hasn't been here for a really long time. It's definitely been like this out-of-the-gate intense excitement, especially with... The graveyard shift which is this i mean i think as you've said before it's it's so eclectic but yeah. what i've gathered out of this is it, it's kind of like each one of these could be a five to ten part judge dread story in their own right but Absolutely. it just happens to be that it's one night yeah it just it gives you a sense yeah yeah i think i mentioned it the first time yes yeah, that there's so many times we've seen judge dread on one case and the great thing about the graveyard shift is that it's just um it's just putting all of those different cases into the sense of what it's like to have one night in Mega City One, you know? So Exactly. It's just yeah. like, oh, there it's light work. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's just got a lot of a lot going on. The graveyard shift continues as the Vincent St. Clair and Carol Monroe block war goes into heavy fighting. As I mentioned, this is a uh uh, Coronation Street reference. <laughs> Dudes Jeez. are swinging across the street into the other blo- things that, uh, into, from one block to another on plunger based grappling hooks and just smack it right into the walls. And it's pretty funny. Always, always <laughs> a great comedic shtick. Meanwhile, at the PB Floyd block, uh, Hershey and Dredd are pulling routine crime swoops. They find like the usual stuff at like in one apartment. We see them find like a illegal sugar, prohibited vid slugs, and an antique firearm, things like that. Eighty-seven grams of sugar. That's not a lot of sugar, to be honest. No. Um, and they give that, and for all that stuff, they give those guys eleven years, and they just join a whole bunch of p- other people getting away, get, getting sent away. It seems like they just sort of you just sort of show up on on a block, arrest a whole floor. And then Pretty presumably much. The, the rest of the block will get the idea and get rid of some of their contraband. <laughs> it's great stuff. so awesome. It's, I mean, at this, like, in Mega City 1 era, like, contraband's pretty basic things, you know? Like, sugar, give me a break. Yeah. I got, like, a pound of that. Uh, 
Dreadheads, uh, Dreadheads out on his next patrol grid, leaving Hershey to deal with the paperwork here. <laughs> Disturbances continue. There's like a mob blitzers warring in a nightclub, even more mutant incursions. And a, uh, this, and judges are finding bags full of left hands left by the serial murderer they're calling Lefty. Oh, man. Who's leaving all these left hands? Yeah. We don't. No one knows. I don't know. <laughs> Finally, the St. Clair blockers have made it to the underground foundations of Carol Monroe. As above ground, the judges fire out stum gas. The St. Clairs put on uh, gas masks, and as Monroe calls out their awesome paraglider forces, That's Sun what Legion. I'm talking about <laughs> Sun Legion, bros. Dread calls for riot foam as the St. Clairs begin their plan, and explosives go off, collapsing all of Carol Monroe. Man, so it's uh, I just love oh, seeing paraglider troops just massacre it's real good. people, yeah. and then also get massacred. They get taken out pretty quickly. It's true. Yeah, it's a one. It, it's oh one thirty hours, and Carol Monroe is coming down. It falls into a nearby plaza uh, and goes hurtling into the undercity, and that means that like the foundations of the ground are are, are giving way. So Saint Clair starts to tilt on its axis as well. It's a class one emergency as that block falls over too. Block fighters are eliminated as survivors are evacuated from the building. St. Clair Defense Force gets 60 years each and Dredd goes to save a baby in the wrecked out block. I love how these dudes, the exchange between uh, Judge Dredd and the dudes who are getting 60 years, they're like, man, we're just blowing off some steam. And he's like, what? Like, really? No, you're getting killed 60 a, years. Killed a lot like, of people to blow so off harsh, steam, man. buddy. <laughs> like, you're being so harsh, bro. 60 hmm. years just for killing another block? Those guys sucked. Yeah, they they did. They, they sucked or they knew it. Yeah, so uh, Dredd goes to save the baby. He inches his way out around the ruined floor, grabs the baby, ladder, laterals her to Judge Lyle, and then starts to fall. Oh, no! This is when uh, Judge Dredd confirmed for true american when you can do a lateral pass to a yeah i mean to a, to a teammate that that wasn't necessarily prepared for the ball to be thrown i mean it could confirm confirm him has like a uh an australian or new zealander playing that rugby and stuff but i mostly agree with you um <laughs> so dreads Come on, fall- man. yeah red blooded freedom americans god damn it i mean he's got an american flag on his belt i don't know what more you want you know he's got that belt buckle um so Dredd's falling. He's thinking oh upside God. down. He grabs the pedway railing as other judges come to save him. Vincent St. Clair is demolished and the evacuees are taken to a holding block to be cleared of complicity in the block war. Um, in the fall, Dredd dislocated his shoulder, but now gets it reset. And yeah, what the, else is new kind right, of situation? The, 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 the doc's like, hey, take a few weeks off of that. And Dredd's like, in this city? <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? He gets called in to help the left-handed killer. We check in on the overflowing uh, mutie pens. There's a space freighter crash, and the giant alien zoo exhibit gets gets loose. People are dying from contaminated muck burgers, and the recite conveyor belts never cease. It's, uh... It's a lot to take in. There's a lot going on. Yeah, this sort of random night in Mega City 1. Yeah, so Dredd checks in on the lefty killer who who must be using a disintegrator to get rid of the rest of the bodies. It's a tough one, and we've definitely got a crazy on our hands. Yeah! I won't get fooled again. (laughs) I love what you just did. You know, um... 
I'm kind of remember to put sound in there. Um, so a guy, oh, yeah, get that, uh, you know, uh, what you call it, Bob O'Reilly in there. A guy is running around Mega City One, disintegrating people except for their hands and counting as he goes. He's behind schedule. Judges, they're finding hands all over the place, and Dredd is on the case. With no other clues, though, it's time to take the handbags, because ah, 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 they're bags of hands in them, down to uh, side it. division to have Judge Anderson check them out. Oh, yeah, it's Judge Anderson! I yeah, believe my favorite boo. Yeah, I think it's the first time we've seen her since the Apocalypse War, and this is the first time Ron Smith is drawing her as well, I think. But so she manages to identify the killer down to the simulated knee pads he wears, and an APB is just really great. Yeah, as the graveyard shift cools down, more judges are freed up to go on hand killer details, and soon judges are converging as the killer reaches one twenty nine. They, what's new, guys? Yeah, they uh, they catch him, and it turns out that he was going for the record of, uh, or for the murder record of one hundred and thirty four people in one night. Anyhow, take him to the cubes. Yeah, I mean, he was in five, you know, he's probably, he he asks that they check his record against for for most dismemberments. He might have won, gotten number one there. Um, Yeah, so they take him to the cubes. It's 0430 and the shift is winding down. uh, Maintenance crews make repairs to damage roads. Finally. Yeah, like they just like take like, we got like 30 minutes. We got to fix all the roads in Mega City (laughs) 1. The uh, the mutant insurgents are expelled back into the cursed earth, and the last jumper of the night decides to go and just go to sleep instead of committing suicide. Oh, it's a very kind of happy ending. The judges lay down for 10 minutes in the sleep machine, and that's back up and at them, because the day shift is just beginning. (laughs) I like how... I mean, really, isn't it just one shift until you can get your 10 minutes rest? It seems, yeah, it seems like it's more like they're just constantly on duty and occasionally get, get, get pauses as opposed to like whatever. But I'm sure it matters for paperwork purposes and stuff like that. <laughs> well, doesn't, because we've seen Dread in his own house. He has a house. Yeah, I guess maybe, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell if like maybe some judges have like, you know, you like work a bunch of cycles, like a nurse where you work, like can you work where you can be an on call or like at work for like 40 hours in a row or something like that. And maybe you get like three days off or whatever. That's true. It seems complicated. Also complicated is just the idea that like, you know, I think like seven judges die over the course of this graveyard shift. And it's just amazing. Like how, you know, thinking about like how small the graduating classes are and stuff and like where else they must be like how, like maybe all the sectors are graduating judges or something like that. Like there's, you know, just where the supply of judges to account for this constant loss on them is, you know, it, it must be in some regard because we're talking about like hundreds of thousands of people could die at night from yeah. a block fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's got to be quite a few that just enter into the academy, right? I gotta think it's got to be something. I don't know. But uh, next time on Judge Dread, the man with three jobs. Whoa, oh. <laughs> man! Judge Dread was great. Yeah, I love this story. There were paratroopers. Yeah. What yeah. is that not awesome? Paraglider troopers and just a good like slice of, you know, my stories are always ones that are just these little slices of life of Mega City 1, you know, and just like what it'd be like to live there, what like the chaos and like, you know, constant violence and the cheapness of life and stuff in Mega City I, 1 is I, I love those see, stories. 
I want to see the zoo comic where he's fighting that giant worm that's just like eating people, right? Well, like, like we've seen that in annuals, right? Like there was at least one annual where where Dread was in the was in the alien zoo and fighting everything mm. that he came upon in there. Well, so that's what I mean. It's just it's it does, as you've said, give it a sense. Yeah. Of just like. When we decide to focus on Judge Shred, it's just like one thing. Right, yeah, yeah. He's got a busy a night around the rest of everything else. Yeah, totally. It's really right. awesome. Yeah, totally awesome. Yeah, you know, it's just, it just helps build into the structure of Mega City 1 and sort of what this thing is, you know. And speaking of uh, giant structures, it's oh my <laughs> Thrill God. 2 Slain. Conrad, you're on a roll. I mean, I don't know if it super counts if like I set myself up for them, but it's still I'm still having a good time. That's oh. perfectly <laughs> acceptable. Script robot for Slain is Pat Mills, art robot Massimo Bellardinelli, letting robot Tom Frame. So, oh man, I love Slain. It's real good, man. Yeah, so we so we start with us Slain and Oko peeping in on the lady cultists of the Droons, uh, identifying Maeve. Um, from her black cloak and awesome hairstyle, it's time. But uh, great tats, dude. Yeah, and they're taking her to go. Actually, it's a body paint. I should mention. Um, no, but it's time for her to go to the Wicker Man, and she'll be safe from the flames by taking a prick of sleeping potion. She won't even feel him. But then, hey, Oko no falls through the ceiling. Two arms, Man, dumb dwarf. I'm gonna punch your face. That's right. The ladies all pull their spears as guards show up to fight Slain. And oh man, things get awesome. <laughs> um, he's killing dudes like crazy. He ties a rope to the end of his axe Dude, and spins no. around. What he does is the staple of all barbarian characters, which is the signature whirlwind. Yeah, wh- yeah, whirlwind axe with the uh, with the rope attached to the axe, man. It's great. That's what I'm talking about. That way you've got reach. Mm-hmm. Got the reach, got that area effect attack. Um, oh, dude. God damn it. Yeah. The only thing that gets him stopped, um, the only thing that stops him is getting stabbed in the back by the sleeping potion. Like, that's it. Otherwise, we would have taken everybody down by hand. He Poison, awakened- poison is a witch's trick. That's right. And he awakens to find one of these pagan chicks, the one with the big facial scar, uh, cutting a blood eagle into his back. But before Which, she can... Conrad, what's a blood eagle? Um, man, I forget exactly, but I believe what it is is they uh, separate your ribs from your spine and then sort of pop your back open. That's my that understanding of it. That horrible. Oh, it's real bad. That's why Oko's going crazy, even though she hasn't even cut, even started cutting him yet. Um, that sounds really horrible. Yeah. So, but before she can get too far, one of the skull swords requests Slain and Uko be put in the Wicker Man for a big sacrifice. Slain's, Slain is stuck in the Wicker Man, and listen, killing him isn't going to bring back your damn honey, and otherwise I feel like we don't need to make too many Nicolas Cage references. That would, that's <laughs> so great. I Wiley, love what you just did. Yeah, let's not get too far into it. While he's in the Wicker Man, he gets to know the other dudes in there. He actually knows a ton of them. There's the beggar. It's, it's weird how many people he really knows. I guess there's only so many like sort of uh, thieves and murderers in the land of the young or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, there's Blind Bran, a beggar. There's Tauman the Stump, who's this uh, like like uh, ambusher guy. He's got an awesome... Morning Star with an arm. <laughs> Morning, uh, star, that's a morning arm. star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Morning Senol. Star. 
<laughs> Whoa, Morning Storm. <laughs> There's Seno. weapon in a D&D campaign. Totally, yeah. Listen, I just got one arm. I, I, I got an arm stump and I just put weapons in there. Like uh, Ash and Evil Dead. So we got Seno the Scavenger, who's a peddler and stuff. Steals stuff from dead people and sells it. And then... There's Roth, Belly Shaker, an Ale Swiller, and Slane's dad! Oh my god, it's your father, bro. He's got a pretty cool stash. Ah, sweet stash. Slane goes to attack Roth, and we go to a flashback about how Roth killed Slane's mother, Macha. Basically, this is kind of a fucked story. Totally. We get something that we'll see a lot more of as time goes by, which is sort of the, the great wars between the Cesare and the Formian Sea Devils, which involves a gigantic full-page battle picture by Bella Ardinelli that's, ooh, so awesome. Um, oh, I'm excited because yeah. the, the one-page battle picture was pretty great. Yeah, no, it's good. And so, but, so as the years went by from this, Roth lived on his old glories and got fat, but boastful. And so when he says that Macha could outrace the king's chariot, the king takes him up on it. Oh, uh, God. It's really not a good idea. Yeah. Forced to run on foot against horses, Macha tries to survive, but in the end is run down and killed right in front of Slain. Boo this man, Roth! <laughs> Yeah, in other words, I'm not really a keen fan of my dad. Yeah, Roth isn't a good guy. Uh, and Slain refuses to die in this place, so he has Uko pick the locks of his chains, and now it's time for this wicker man full of criminals to take out these droons. See, it's pretty useful having a dwarf around that can use his finger to pick a lock. That's why you gotta bring a rogue, man. Everybody, like, dispatch, you know, come on. You gotta have those those skills. You, you of all people, with your constant D&D references, should mention, should know I'm, this. I'm just saying that if Slain is anything, it's, uh, you know, spread your skills around. Don't yeah. just do a poor barbarian party. No, no, no. So uh, the Bride of Krom continues as Slowfeg arrives and leads the Druenesses to the Wicker Man. The criminals begin their plan as Slowfeg monologues about just sort of, you know, some evil Krom Crunch uh, religious stuff. But eventually, and like the criminals, like they, they're, they're like planning, but they really don't want to fight. Everybody's too scared until the harsh words of blind Bran inspire the dudes and they break free from the wicker man. It's fight time. It's pretty great that the blind dude is just like, you guys are wusses. Let's get out of here and fight. It's the, uh, it's the first of two times that people are inspired into fighting by being called a wuss by somebody. This, this uh, episode. <laughs> It's pretty great. Yeah, Slane uses his chains and burning pieces of the Wicker Man as the other guys get into fighting as well, grabbing swords and killing droons. The smoke is too thick for arrows as the Bab fight with their bloody nails as well as swords. Or the Bab or the, uh, are the druunesses, the lady, um, sorceress ladies. Well, it's um, awesome because the, the leader is just like, shoot him. And they're like, it's not so easy. Can't see where we're going, man. We got these hair face masks. It's tough. That's <laughs> what happens when you're when you're a weird scum dude and you make everybody wear your gross ass masks. That's right. Or you're just all so smelly that everybody's got to take steps. Um, Slain oh, wow. crimes the Wicker Man to free Maeve, but the other guys in the Wicker Man grab the pole he's using as a ladder, and it goes over, trapping Slain atop the burning Wicker Man. Soft, bro. Serious soft. Yeah. Stuck on top of the Wicker Man Slain is no choice. He embraces his anger and the power of Danu the Earth Goddess and warps out. 
Oh man, um, time for me to shoot weird black goo out of my the top of my head while my always. eyes get huge, my mouth gets massive. Yeah, real big mouth. That's what I love about. I love Warp Slain, man. Giant Warp Slain snarls and fights against those droons as be- as the Bav and Slaufeg look on. Roth goes to attack Slaufeg, but the evil wizard forces Slain's father to stab himself in the gut, and he oh, dies. Oh man. That's real bad, but I guess also that doesn't really stop Slain. Oh, my dad, I'm not super interested. Uh, Slain and company try to escape through the swamp, but Slaufeg summons the half-dead and army of terrifying swamp zombies. Again, second-time zombies are going to be fought in this issue, in this episode Dude, as well. And, and then in true uh, prog nature, everyone that we've just been introduced to gets murdered. <laughs> That's right. Luckily, Slain, warped and crazy, arrives eventually. They say his time is is short, but it's just more swill for the truth. Next time, Slain the Victor. <laughs> it's just him opening up his massive maw and mm-hmm. screaming. Yeah. It's so, every time he's warped, it's like kind of the best. It's real imagery. good. It's, yeah. It's a body man it's a totally real fucking body it just gets real big and twisted and like asymmetrical and gross and uh, yeah like a big uh oil gusher coming out of the top of his head and big teeth and faces everywhere and stuff he looks real good oh slain's real fun slain is really ridiculously fun it's just kind of awesome watching the carnage and the mayhem and uh, mm-hmm. the darkness i it's just it's completely impure, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. And speaking of a being pure, Fox, <laughs> and being vigilant and behaving, it's Thrill 3, Nemesis the Warlock. So, script robot for Nemesis the Warlock, Pat Mills, art robot Kevin O'Neill, letter robot Steve Potter. So, Nemesis is flying out, leaving Shira and, Th- and Thoth behind as Magna makes her plans on Termite! Oh my the, god. The, because the, yeah. because Torquemada's been summoned. That's right. The evil Torquemada gives Sir Hargan the leader of the assassin of or, or, or gives Sir Hargan, leader of the assassins, a mission uh, to give him extra info. They go to a special bestiary god, deep in the scriptorium. So yeah, everybody looks cool. Scriptorium. Where they draw different alien races to be to be put into a an illuminated codex where they don't even depict the actual alien they make it into like an evil fucking thing so that when they give it to the masses people are afraid yeah it's the coolest fucking evil thing definitely there's a good moment where torquemada pauses to berate brother kevin for too many illuminated borders which seems like an in-joke to kevin Kevin o'neill himself yeah um Someone sent me this when we took our break at December. Like, ah, oh, Brother Conrad, like, don't spend too much time on the illuminated air horns. It was pretty funny. Oh, that's great. <laughs> we um, haven't used a lot of air horns lately. It's lack of future shocks, man. That's the key. That's where they go. We haven't had any. We, we aren't. There's no future shocks this episode, and I don't think there was any last episode either, you know? It's really rough when we have so much good content and not enough air horn content. Yeah, listen, you know, the real joke's on you, and there's no twist endings and no re- need to signal twists. <laughs> uh, anyhow, 
we see him draw yeah like like fox yeah we saw we see brother kevin drawing a sphinx who's now like really like frightened and like pretty looking kind of or i don't know like not non-threatening maybe sad a better word looking. yeah sad old sphinx but he he draws it to be all like eating dudes and crazy and stuff um, in Torquemada's private bestiary, we see the entry for the female warlock, and it's homunculus. Assassins are being good. sent to kill Chira and Thoth. Time to, it, dude, they're going to destroy her and her child, Grandmaster, or die. Hey, that's how it goes. On the You're planet. A crazy assassin. We got to get these assassins out here, man. On the planet Demotica stands Yggdrasil Castle, the great oh, donjon man. of the basilisks. It's this just is an opening for so many awesome breathtaking. It just opens with two massive pages of beautiful colored artwork. I want to say the last story too is also really great. Just all the inside termite yes. things. Just all these, you know, termites so ridiculous, just these, these giant caverns with statues built in them and stuff like that. Uh, Kevin O'Neill's just really doing a great job here. For the last year, though, the, the uh, Yggdrasil Castle has been under siege from the humans of termite. There's great pandemonium shooting missiles, oh. mighty robot trebuchets, and even angry robot doom engines. The basilisks know their end is near. Uh, many of these engines of destructions are ancient robots adapted for siege warfare, including the great mobile battle tower, and it's goddamn Mechquake! Beard Jobs! <laughs> I am a Ford engine. I am pure. <laughs> Big Jobs! It's a Fox <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter because Big Jobs, dude's gonna just crush your fucking treehouse. Mm-hmm. It's another full-page battle picture of a giant Mechquake destroying everything in his path. Mechquake lowers his belly drawbridge to disgorge the Terminators inside, but he's too far from the castle walls, so they uh, run off the side of the drawbridge and just fall to their deaths instead as he, like, stomps on them and stuff. So great. His feet, by the way, are giant bulldozers. That's right. Sir uh, Sir Everick, the Seneschal in charge of the siege, gets this report and is pissed at Mechquake. There's not much they can do because the art of like making and changing robot brains has largely been lost. Mechquake apologizes and Eric take and sorry and Ev- Everick takes medicine because he's da- he's got he's caught that alien fever. Gosh, and not and not the sexy kind, like the migraine kind. No, yeah, it's not getting any better, especially now that Nemesis has arrived on the battlefield. Dude, it's time to rally the fucking troops, and you know what the best way to do that is, bro? Ah, oh, buddy, it's sort sinister, but let's talk about it. Nemesis is among the basilisks, but their tree of life is dying around them. They're starving and all seems lost, especially as Mechquake and his robot buddies breach the outer wall. Things are tough. Basilisks are dying, and when they die, they turn to stone. But Nemesis is a sign for the people. Excessius, the sword sinister! And everyone is aghast. How the fuck does this dude have the sword sinister? That's awesome. That's awesome. We are ready to just destroy the fuck out of some people. And you know what they do, Conrad? They get real rallied. Yeah. They rallies them. Death to the humans, buddy. Screw these humans. This one, again, again, like when I describe it, it's real short, but the drawing is real nice. The action's real amazing. Oh, it's just real good. Um, 
Nemesis and the Basilisks fight back against the humans and things are going well. The Terminators fall back as the Vestal Vampires yell at them, calling them like chickens and stuff. Um, plus, so great. And they're only really going to tend you. I mean, yeah, they promise to bring you back to life if you die, basically. Not in the head kind of thing. No, it's, uh, it's, they won't bring back anybody with an arrow in their back as opposed to an arrow in their front. Right, so no one who flees from the battle. Ah, yeah. yeah. But as Nemesis fights, and that includes like flying into the battle, standing oh, atop just a spear that's been thrown, balancing Which, on his hooves and stuff. Just fucking cool. Real cool. The human resolve weakens and they run! But there's still the siege engines to take care of, including Mechquake, a trebuchet, and a fire engine turned fire razor. And, of course, the giant imperial field robot, Torque Armada! <laughs> Dude, it is so huge and so spiky and so... Just a giant Torque Armada head, too. It he really is. Just beautiful. He grinds toward the basilisk's walls. Be pure. Be vigilant. Behave. Next time, cleanse and purify. So I, I think Conrad kind of said it best. Like, you know, we're not, words can't truly describe what O'Neill's done with this artwork. It is um, absolute rapture and beauty on each page where it, especially in the color pages where things truly come alive like uh in uh like 341 we get a lot of red clashing yeah. because it's we're in battle yeah. but but 340 we're getting like a a green red contrast where it's like this or or maybe it was 339 where it's this but like yeah. tree of life versus versus like death machines yeah you know? O'Neill's doing interesting stuff with color here because it's not really like colored in the way you'd normally think. It's a lot of like block no. colors. Like the whole thing, the whole page will be red. The whole page will be yellow, basically. The whole page will be green or something. Um, he's been doing this like from the start and it's an interesting way to color that's very like evocative or just sort of gives you like a, a sense Contrast. of things. Yeah. Without being like super complicated and stuff. And I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting way to handle it, I think, and, and it does. Well, I think make it very much draws very... on comics, right? Yeah, like and we're ta- it, we're always talking about black and white, mm-hmm. especially for the 2000 AD. Yeah, it definitely yeah. makes these pages very arresting, for sure. I just it it's so hard to truly describe what Nemesis does visually, and then reinforces with storytelling, and then reinforces again with just giving way to things this is why when i when i see uh like good goddamn lettering good lettering doesn't just like write big jobs across an entire (laughs) piece of art it uses the upper right hand corner uh because this person like in in this case when we're talking about big jobs we're talking about potter right Mm -hmm. like potter isn't writing big jobs across the entire image He's giving right, it, to, he's giving the image emphasize. space to space to, exactly, to breathe. Exactly, exactly. Like there's there's a thing to be said about size and about what you're bolding and things like that. Like the whole for sure goddamn thing is just so goddamn beautiful, Conrad. Definitely, it's, and it's the middle of the goddamn comic book. 
Hey, it's good stuff, man. But speaking of of things that are not uh beautiful and and uh, awesome, it's oh. non thrills covers nerve center and contests. I mean, the the covers are nice. I don't want to oh, say the not covers, beautiful, but the you know are what I'm saying. Fucking excellent yeah. this month. Yeah. So Prague three thirty eight, Judge and Hershey teaming up for a quant for a crime swoop in a neat Chicken Smith open cover. a rose door, and you know yeah. what? It's a crime swoop. That's right. In the nerve center, Tharg 2D2. Oh, so horrific. This is just an R2D2 with a crazy Tharg head on it. But let's know that all letters are read by editorial droids and mentions that several creative robots are headed up to Scotland for the Glasgow Comedy Mart, or Comic Mart, I should say. There's a nice picture of Nemesis and both a new reader asking for background info and this guy Oliver Coombs horning in on our bit by offering to provide info for new readers from Prot 90 onwards. Write him a letter. He'll tell you the 2080 info. Um, it, it also looks like there might be a rogue Tharg. On the CB radio lines, someone saying mm-hmm. Starg on the CB radios. Mid Prog, it's the final part of that computer contest from last episode. The answer for this one is Beware of Zarag Fleet in attack formation heading your way. Um, there's an ad for a new comic here called School Fun, which has a tie in with the show Grange Hill, which is another one of these like what? British shows with like, uh, that went on for like 20 years and has 600 episodes or something. Oh, <laughs> and- what? And if you, uh, if you get the, that issue, that first issue comes with a free, slippy, sticky snake. <laughs> I don't have, I have complex feelings about what you just said. What? You don't like a, you, 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 you have a complex feeling about a, a slippy, sticky snake? It's cool, man. Well, it's it just sticks to things. It. It's kind of slippy. It's a snake. Okay, so, so it's kind of like the gummy geckos that we used to get where it's like you yeah slap them against a wall and they kind of yeah 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 yeah. that feels right yeah that's not like a weird gross thing right i mean i think it's kind of gross but within tolerable (laughs) levels of gross uh prog 339 oh sorry within tolerable levels of gross uh just like me (laughs) in prog 339 oh my god bad conrad (laughs) the uh the siege of the century is on in nemesis but the real star of this issue is the awesome johnny alpha covered by carlos scary just a big old glamour shot of johnny alpha looking real awesome Dude, he's going to hell and back, is what this says to me. Mm-hmm. In the nerve center, Mr. T-Tharg says, watch oh out for thrill suckers. <laughs> they really, it's just so great. Listen. Did you ever see, I, I this is slightly tangential, oh. did you ever see uh, Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool? I never actually saw it, I don't think. Always big okay. fan of Mr. T stuff. Big, big recommendation to everyone who might like bad movies. <laughs> Mr. T did an educational video. Back in, I, I want to say it was like, wasn't even late 80s. It was no, like early. It must have been 80s. early to mid, yeah. That's yeah. So it's called, it's called Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool. I'm pretty sure on YouTube you can find the entire thing for free. It is the most cashiest of cash grabs <gasps> ever, but it is full of Mr. T catchphrases and ridiculous everything. I appreciate it's, that. It's as though no one cared. Except for the people who really wanted to capitalize on the fact that Mr. T was popular. Hey, let me tell you uh, something about Mr. So- Tharg Fox. And it's that his first name is Mr., his middle name is that period, and his last name is Tharg. <laughs> <laughs> it does it does fully bring out the Mr. T like, oh, yeah. aspect. I'm I'm not 
I'm not <laughs> unpleased. I love yeah. that someone drew this. Totally. There's also a picture of a pack judge. And uh, letters include a futuristic one from the editor of 3000 AD, um, mentioning that it's oh. time to give Anderson her own strip, which will, in fact, happen. And uh, there's a- Oh, really? Not for a little bit yet, though. Um, That's there's- awesome. <coughs> oh, you should check out uh, this this year's annual, actually. The, the uh, 1984 annual has an Anderson strip in it. I'll oh. tell you. I'll let you know. Um there's also questions why Rogue is blue if adults read 2000 AD and a guy is trying to convert everyone he knows to reading the progs. Also, uh, Forbidden Planet is putting out a full, co- is putting out full color issues of Judge Dredd monthlies made up of reprints and stuff, which is kind of funny. Okay. Um, or interesting, I guess. Prog 340. This time, Kev O'Neill gives us a cover poster as Nemesis fights Terminators as Torquemada looks on. Dude, it's just, it's so beautiful. It's real good, yeah. In the Nerve Center, we learn Dread's secret, which is that he's Tharg. Um, also, <laughs> under right, the man. helmet, that is. Tharg also continues to be stoked about Nemesis and plugs the annuals. Tharg kind of, kind of like, hey, like, did you notice that Mechquake is back? Mechquake's pretty awesome, right? Um, oh, my gosh. Letters have a picture of a big fat judge fed. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, they ask about Dark's girlfriend if he has any. There's a um, there's uh, where all the alien letters are and stuff about Bert licking Dark's boots clean. In Prog three forty one, Maeve doesn't want to be freed by slain as the fires rise around the Wicker Man in this great Bellardinelli cover. The nerve centers. It is, it is oh. truly barbarian or or like nineteen oh, eighties no. barbarian movie slash yeah, this barbarian cartoon esque. Super Bellardinelli doing his best, like uh, Frank Franzetta, like you know, dude, yes, like yes. muscular, muscular dude with scantily clad lady in some sort of peril or something like that, you know. God, with a with a weird albatross on albatross buckle, right? Of course, <laughs> um, and the nerve center has a warped Tharg and then a cool slain picture. Um, and Thar as in the editorial Thar complains about Guy Fox day. And then the letter section's cool. Cause they're all answered by Pat Mills about slain. Really? Um, yeah, it's cool. There's a, two of them are really great. Cause they try to out Celtic myth nerd, uh, Pat Mills. And all you, right. just, you can't do that, man. That's impossible. <laughs> He's just like, slaps him down, you know? Um, And also one that's like, hey, like, you know, you've got the bright Akram story, but I, uh, Akram's in Conan, so you're like a big uh, Conan stealer. And Pat Mills is like, "Uh, actually, like, Akram comes from ancient Celtic myth, and it's just me and Robert E. Howard stealing from the same source, so go spin. How about that? Exactly. Mass harsh crit- dude i like i like this idea I mean, that's a of, paraphrase of, but you know what i of mean mills pushing up his glasses and being like well actually there's some it's, serious it's so serious well actually here combined with a bunch of of uh, nerds trying to show how much they know because they've probably read the same books <laughs> i <laughs> i.e everybody in the future which is now uh we've been doing this before the internet so oh push yeah my no glasses up here it's all this. Listen, wherever that you know, it's always time for a nerd off. I feel like that's what our show is about. Oh <laughs> my a, god! There's also a question about um, Angie Mills drawing Slain, which I think is at, is uh, answered quite politically, and I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, awesome times. Just a lot of talking about myths and magic and things. 
And I like just those things. What? Yeah, and just going along in those veins, Fox. It's thrill four strontium dog. Oh man, when you introduce space wizard warlocks into strontium dog, I just feel like strontium dog gets stronger. <laughs> it takes it, it takes it to a next level for sure. So script robot Alan Grant, art robot Carlos Escara, letting robot Jack Potter in the gra- in the it's, graveyard. Hold on, <laughs> it's it's time to dig up a young boy's corpse, but not for what you're thinking. We're gonna try and resurrect him. Also, not what Wait. you're thinking. We're trying to resurrect him for his mom. I promise. Double promise. Wait, what was I thinking the first time? This is weird. <laughs> in, yeah, so in a graveyard late at night, Johnny Alpha digs up the body of young Moses Quest. And I really Which, love that his, his, his tombstone says, Brutally slain, age 10. <laughs> like, it's just a real like middle finger to Johnny Alpha as he digs him up. <laughs> I mean, you know... He was kind of brutally slain. I mean, you know, you don't got to be a Jew. You could just say like, you know, like nearer to God to thee or whatever. whatever I, you know. I feel like I feel like the mother was like, "Fuck no." Yeah. So, so Johnny's trying to fix things. I got to agree with Wolf that this is t- plan is a terrible plan. But anyhow. there is never a good plan that starts with, "All no. right, I've got to dig up this child's corpse." Like, I mean, maybe there could be one, but okay. it's. Conrad, I'm but, sorry. Ninety-nine point nine percent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Maybe there's one in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> we got to dig up this child's corpse. Otherwise, no. Johnny takes the boy's coffin and they head back to their ship. When Mrs. Quest finds out her boy's missing, the whole town is up in arms. Oh, but <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you be? Yes. Johnny and Wolf are already on their way out. Johnny pulls his gun on the pilot of the spaceship he's on and hijacks the ship, setting course for the High Nebula, arriving two days later at the Island of the Living Dead, the Lair of Malik Brood. So I love every lead up into this, but a lot of this could have been served even with the leaving of a small note like, hey, I'm taking your child's corpse, not for weird necrophilia shit i'm taking it so that i can resurrect your child so they will live again in this thing mind you yes. will that sate the mob no will that at least sate the policeman to send a detective and not a crazed mob after you yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. gone to space Jeez. wizard iou one child corpse <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just, I, that's, that's kind of just like a tattoo I want at this point. Live it up, but hey, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the weird, um, it's the weird, um, coda to, uh, baby shoes never used or whatever. Oh, no. (laughs) But, uh, that's, but that's a sad short story. I mean, well, this one's got cool warlock shit in it. Let's get into it. So Johnny Wolf and Moses's corpse fly to the island of the living dead, and it's flashback time. The oh, three brothers brood were once interred on this former prison many years ago, given giant ankle chains that would never let them leave with the weight of the sin they've caused. Uh, weighing because them they're down. totally bad warlocks. Yeah. I mean, not that being a warlock is bad. That's someone else's version of bad man i feel like while there are warlocks that are not bad these seem like bad warlocks (laughs) all right dude 
What with the fact that as soon as they're locked up, Malik pulls a knife, shanks his two brothers, and then absorbs their light forces to give him the pa- to give him power using the soul-eating dagger well, that he's got. That's just part of the life of a warlock. Ain't he, bad. He uses that power to take over the island and make it it's per, make it it's his personal kingdom, protected by the zombies of other prisoners and guards, covered <laughs> in cool Malik brood statues. All right, I know this all sounds bad. Like maybe he's some kind of dictator, bro. But I, like, you, what you gotta understand is that where he comes from, that shit's okay. <sighs> Man, stop with your moral equivocating for this giant space wizard. <laughs> this murderous space wizard. I feel I, like I, I feel like no one's gonna murderous space wizards before. Man, okay, but okay, whatever. The tales of your chaotic evil D and D campaign, notwithstanding, Fox, um, I, the I wizards who ruled this planet decided just to let Malik keep it as his personal kingdom because he can't leave because of the uh, of this weight of the sin. Is now even bigger because he absorbed all of his brother's sins as well. Um, and they're just leaving it to him because he's too powerful to fight. So our boys are making their way to Malik's castle when the zombies start to rise from the ground. It's uh, never a good sign when that shit happens. Nope. So there's lots of great action here as the living dead attack our buddies. Great Dude, use of like the happy stick. Yes, time, time bombs, bombs. Number are... three cartridges. Like, you can't kill them, so you gotta just dismember them and hope that they stop getting back up. Set them on fire so that that Wolf can then grab one of them with the hook end of his hammer and swing them around so that he's setting everything on fire. Johnny breaks out the Electro-Nux, and they fight their way to the prison gate. Johnny blowing it away with a rare number four cartridge. I don't even want to know what a number five does. Is that just a nuclear atomic weapon? Yeah. Inside, they find the drained husks of former guards, and at last, Malik Brood himself. He's got very pouty lips and a split beard. Yeah, he got that goatee. Uh, Johnny wants Malik to bring Moses back to life, but what does he have to bargain with besides his life? Uh, Well, maybe he can remove Malik's magical ankle ball thing. The oh, re- but watch out as two weirdly dismembered heads start saying, that's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. man. They're the heads of Malik Brode's brother that he keeps alive on uh, Dr. Octopus tentacles in like a jar. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. what I mean, you just said. I, I, I do my best, you know. Um, so... Johnny takes that in. He's got to do something. He uh, he fires number three cartridge at the chain, but it's no good. Instead, he tries a time bomb, and it works! Malik oh Brood is free! For like a couple and, seconds, and then the chain reappears. <laughs> exactly. And one of the heads is like rejoicing for a little bit, and then gets strangled, but then it reappears, and Johnny's just puts the gun to the back of his head, and he's like, well, "Hey, what, I made the it brothers, go away. yeah, the, the brothers make fun of Malik for thinking he was free, but then he's not. And as Malik goes to choke them, Johnny puts his gun to the back of Malik's head. He did his part of the bargain. Now it's time for Malik to make with the Mosesing. <sighs> Next time, resurrection. Conrad, I love strontium dog (laughs) i love strontium dog but it involves uh hell or even in this case partial hell Mm -hmm. yeah i got a lot which i consider black magic black magic and strontium dog feel good for a futuristic comic show there's a fair amount of wizard stuff in in strontium dog (laughs) like always remember it you know 
there can never be a small amount of wizard stuff in a sci-fi comic that will make me unhappy. Fair. The whole reason why Star Star Wars is a thing is because wizards. Really? Super, yeah, that makes I mean, sense. and and like and like knights and shit, whatever. But what really yeah, stood out gets... to me in this comic is that I want something on my body that says "Gone to Space." I owe you one child corpse. Hey, write because it down. We'll get it. Fi- we'll figure I, it out, dude. I I already <laughs> wrote it down. If that's not on a shirt or on a cup that I okay. uh, that I use regularly, I'm gonna be fairly yeah. upset. It's All right, right I'll get. I'll make. I'll I'll get that one along with uh, the quack with quack quack Volgs as our uh, as our oh, first oh, <laughs> Space oh Minute 2000 God. merchandise. I love you so much, Conrad. We'll see how it yeah, goes. Yeah, no, man. It's it's so nice. Like I I don't know, and this is this is something maybe you can check me in with. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's because it's been gone so long that I'm so happy it's back because I definitely remember this glow period with say, uh, Robo Hunter. Mm-hmm. There is a point where you run out of ideas, and I'm okay with them cycling away. But Strontium Dog has been away so fucking long, Conrad. It's been away <laughs> so goddamn long. Yeah, and there since isn't any, There isn't any... one. Uh, cool, yeah! There isn't any cool, crazy shit that I don't want Johnny Alpha to do. No. Fucking stop, stop drawing over there at Judge Dredd. You make a beautiful Judge Dredd. <laughs> Let a man make a giant chin. Uh, clearly, Strontium Dog was your calling. <laughs> I mean, you know, I feel like, I mean, the, the big thing is that we've always loved Strontium Dog, and it's one of these things where part of what makes it so good is, is that it's so rare, you know, that it comes in oh. and drops a journey to hell, and then it's gone for a year, you know? And you're, it just, comes in, you're just wishing for another yeah, journey. It comes hell. in, it drops Portrait of a Mutant on you, and then oh, it's gone, and you're like, what? what's going on? You know? <laughs> Portrait of a mutant made me so sad. Yeah, um, we're you know we're gonna we're in a period where we're we're gonna have a bunch of strong team dogs, and I think that's gonna be oh, real thank, good. Thank fucking god, I love Wolf. Where is the Gronk? Where the fuck I don't is know. The Gronk? You know, he doesn't always come on their adventures, so he could have just been he he could be back at the Gronk at the uh, at the at the doghouse waiting for them or something. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, I mean his heart's is. You know, they you gotta be careful about his heart. He could, his hearts could not handle this necromancer business, buddy. No oh, way. Oh fuck no! His his hearts would be just passing him out yeah. all over the place. Come on, yeah. But speaking of, um, I don't know, uh, strange, re- um, amazing revelations, <laughs> or or my heart says, ooh yeah, it's through five rogue trooper. Man, if I were a hat, I would want this woman to wear me. <laughs> Scripter by Jerry Finley Day, art robot Brett Ewens and Baluda, letting robot Tom Frame. Wait, oh, no. he's doing a good job. Maybe Tony Jacobs that doesn't sound right. Anyhow, um, I'll check. I'll check back. <laughs> so, <laughs> for the re- for the record, just as we get into this episode, Venus blue jeans remains distractingly hot, but let's not dwell on it too much. <laughs> I mean, I will, but you will keep talking about other things. All right, fine. Um, the scum marines are attacking her home, the island Caliban. Rogue goes to settle their hash, leaving her helm behind, or leaving, you know, helm on her head for protection. But once he leaves, she just tosses helm off. Boo! Get she the says, fuck off me, bro. Yeah. I wasn't into you. 
I'll kill you like I did the other survivors. Wait, what? Meanwhile, other survivors. Rogue is taking out Norton Vader's with jellyfish explosives as Gunner and Bagman are going auto fire and micro mind dispersal, taking these guys down. The Norts are repelled, and Rogue checks in on Venus at the lagoon, where Helm spills the beans. Venus has a bad temper, and she killed all the other survivors of her crash satellite and hid them in this very lagoon. She's a killer, and she totally admits it! I mean, that's better than Medic Lady, who was definitely trying to poison him the entire time. I yeah, guess. well, I mean, oh, well, let's talk about it. let's let's get into it here first of all. But so yeah, Venus murdered those guys. Man, they were weak. There was only enough food for one person, and that person was gonna be Venus. But now Rogue's here, and well, they were normies. Yeah, right? so yeah, they were normies. Yeah, so now they're two tough GIs here. Um, meanwhile, some Nort Vrugman? It's supposed to be like Frogman, but it's like a German thing? It I don't know. It really didn't, it didn't uh, come It doesn't translate correctly. Like. Yeah. But some Nort Vrugman are on their way to attack. Rogue discovers Venus, or sorry, Rogue considers Venus's arguments as the Vrugman attack. They drag him underwater, and Venus dives in and saves him. Not my Rogue! They're an unbeatable Dude, team! With, with a knife, she <laughs> Dives in and kills a bunch of frogmen. Yeah. Meanwhile, out at sea, the Norts are coming, um, or sorry, are coming under attack from the Souther Navy. So it looks like the GIs might be rescued, but should Rogue tell them about all the deaths Venus is responsible for? Well, it's a good thing that Venus has a response for that thought process, given that he didn't say anything. Yeah. The Northers and Southers fight it out as Venus asks Rogue not to reveal her murders to others. But as the Norths are finishing off, in the, are finished off in the Southers' approach, Venus Venus disappears into the jungle of the island. The Navy only finds Rogue and gives him a lift to the mainland and a resupply. Uh, Rogue arrives in the shores of New Sudan as a giant mushroom cloud goes up from Caliban. The Southers are using these islands as weapons testing. Weirdly enough, almost immediately after a conflict, they blow the fuck up of. Out of the island. Yeah. I guess it wasn't a super protected, patrolled water. Mm-mm. They just sort of needed it for weapons testing. They were killing their way to get to the weapons testing, I guess. Um, I, dude, that's just so hardcore. I don't even know. Yeah, what to that's how say. it goes. Rogue heads off in a contemplative mood. Is this the end of Venus Blue Jeans? Is it, Conrad? No, obviously not, buddy. Come on. <laughs> She'll be back. <laughs> don't worry about it. I look. I'm just saying, like, I haven't seen outside of of uh, annuals and shit a traditional Max Normal comic in a while. It's making Ooh. me real worried. Uh, you know, it's a whole thing. But I will say, Fox, something to think about in this story. Do you remember last episode where Venus kept, kept trying to get Rogue to eat food? Yeah, that was weird, and I feel like that was the whole, like, medic I'm trying to help you thing, but way yeah. more implied. I'm worried that she might have been trying to poison Rogue at that point and kill him too. Yeah, I mean, I can. So, like, that's my thing. Is it's like, definitely it a plot this... point that could have been um, what expanded Explored. on. Yeah, yeah, but they decided to go a different route, and it just left this thread of like, okay, so she's definitely evil, and then they were yep. like, oh, look how evil she is, and I'm like, well, 
she could have not been right and they could have just gone their separate ways because she had a thing to do that didn't involve rogue maybe <laughs> it's okay to have a have a female interest that isn't trying to kill you nope that has that has a strong connection to your background but also a strong connection to your morals uh uh-uh, uh got to kill all ladies um so <laughs> are like super hot blue ones honestly especially the super hot blue ones <laughs> i didn't vet western morality God buddy damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> In our final Rogue Trooper story, uh, Baluda takes over on art. New Earth's pretty crappy, Fox. What with the psycho, the uh, this hallucinogenic oh gas and filled forests, acid the lakes. Art really helps with that, by the way. And of course, the giant mine feels that goes on for hundreds and hundreds of meters. We join some Souther Minos, guys stuck in the middle of a minefield where they can't move, just singing songs and passed around canisters of oxygen, barely surviving. The Norts figure these guys have a day or so left, unless Rogue Trooper has something to say about it. Oh, man, I'm gonna fuck you up with my fists and such. That's right, he kills the Norts and has Bagman Jack into the minefield computer and communicates by loudspeaker to the Southers. He can guide them out, but they have to keep clear heads and follow his directions. For one of, I think, maybe the first times people don't just die under Rogue being there? Well, this is a multi-part story, so let's not, let's oh. hold out judgment. Um, the only problem God is that now, it. now the Norts are coming out to attack Rogue, so Bagman has to work fast as Rogue heads out to fight. Next time, GI versus Armored Convoy. This could be kind of interesting. Last time I saw him fight an armored convoy, though, he outrun them just on his feet, jumped onto a tank that was like a hundred times larger than him, threw in a a grenade pack, and then just exploded it. I feel like it's a bad idea to go against a GI as an armored convoy. He's better than you, buddy. Um, (laughs) But speaking of what Rogue isn't better at, it's time for our number one thing, Fox, which is rating, which is choosing our top and bottom thrills for this October and November of 1983. What do you got? I don't, I don't know if that's possible. (laughs) I guess, I guess if I started with bottom thrill, it would be Diamonds in Peril, which was a uh, Waddington set (laughs) in the first product. That's like an ad for a board game, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's Diamond Hunt. It's real, real weird. All right, yeah, those don't count. Come on, <laughs> it's, it's so it's so fucking difficult, and I I would argue even more difficult than last time because things are really just kind of swinging into action. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way Judge Shred's going in there. There's no way. Well. There's definitely no way Nemesis is going in there. Yep. There's no way Strontium Dog is going in there. I can't even Uh-oh. put a Rogue Trooper in there. And the, and the big problem is, I think, um, and, and this is the thing about Slain, I fucking love. I love <laughs> Slain. I love Slain so much. But do you know what Slain suffers from because they feel like it's a thing that needs to happen? Hmm. Is this backstory stuff, man? Oh, like the flashbacks again. I see. Yeah, exactly. Like I, um, if there is one blemish, and it's the tiniest blemish, like a, it's like a little pimple. It's not even like a pimple that's noticeable. It's like a, uh, I can see it, but other people don't see it, kind of thing uh, on my own face. It, it's just that, like, when you meet your dad, you can have uh, some some disdain for your father that is later resolved, right? Like. 
you can build that story. But because of the comic format, I, I get why they need to resolve it within one or maybe two issues. Um, he also just didn't need to be there, right? Mm. Like, it didn't necessarily serve the story that we were on. It didn't further the character outside of just furthering the character. Um, and again, this is me splitting hairs amongst uh, a group of things that I liked a lot. Uh, if I'm going through Slain and it's like, I got to rescue the super cool painted babe, um, a backstory about her? Interesting, right? A backstory about about uh, what's going on, like, with this, with this, uh, like, whole area that we're in? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Meeting your dad randomly in a giant burning wicker man feels a little tacked on. At least for me. That said, Slane's fucking awesome, and he he tied a thing to an axe and then swung yeah. it around and killed a bunch of people, and someone poisoned him with some sleeping shit, and he got stuck in a giant wicker man, and then they Nicholas caged him, right? But in that remake of that movie, <laughs> Wicker Man, that, that was like a weird sex movie in like the 70s, which was awesome, by the way, because they did this whole like reverse photography thing uh, for like the orgy scene where he got really surprised as the constable on the island. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is like a really great comic, but it will be at my bottom because there's nothing else I can put there and it's just the smallest thing. Do you know what's at my fucking top, Conrad? What's it's not going to move. It's not going to fucking move, man. It's goddamn Nemesis, the goddamn fucking shit-ass warlock. It's great. It's so good. It's so... If Kev O'Neill should be remembered for anything, it's that he has made something... Uh, so, I, I again, I, and I will continue to say this. I actually uh-huh. mentioned this to Eatman. Like, I don't read Even a lot of Mega comics. City Book Club? Yeah. Correct. Uh, like, comment, subscribe if you enjoy Mega City Book Club. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just, just putting in context for everybody. That's all right. No, go, course, go, 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 go. So, so, so <laughs> I, I really... I, it's like this way with movies and TV shows. Like people will mm-hmm. tell me like, you really need to watch this. And if it's not, or, or read this or, or whatever. And if it's not really striking, I'll set it down because it's a waste of time. I have not like read a comic this visually stunning since something like Sandman, like mm-hmm. Sandman is a very visual story, right? Like, yeah, sure. we can all, we can all get off about Neil Gaiman being a writer that people like, <laughs> But, well, because, like, whatever. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but, but the artists behind that book, like, were very inspired for what they did and what they were trying to display. It was, it was something that stuck with me a lot because it it was visual storytelling more than most things. Um, Like, in the same vein, he also worked on a comic called Lucifer, which was completely flat. Right. But now is a, a super popular show because it was a really well written thing. Like mm-hmm. this is a is this is not just a well written thing with tons of backstory and, and interesting word choices and and uh, word bubbles that are fucking awesome. But it's also that it gives way to these scapes of absolute beauty, even if they're given the confines of the tiniest box like fucking nemesis the warlock is gorgeous and and how can i not give a top conrad take it away (laughs) well okay here's where i'm gonna have some harsh disagreement with you fox all right harsh disagreement man i really like this part of slain man 
You're saying it's like a pimple. I'm saying it's like a beauty mark that appears to like, uh, like, like bring everything together. I love the awesome. idea of, of Slane showing up in this wicker man and finding his father and telling this story of like their background. Like, I really like the flashbacks in Slane. I think they do a really good job of both. You know, we're sort of tossed out in the deep end of this world of Slane. So we need these flashbacks to tell us more about the world, about Slane and the world he lives in and stuff. Otherwise, doing it or like doing it directly through the plot in the present time would be even more contrived and ridiculous. Um, I will say that this is not the end of us hearing about Slane's uh, mom and dad and their relationship and how things go. We'll That's awesome. Revisit this a bunch of times over the years as we I think as, we, as, as, as we follow Slane. And so this isn't the end of it by any means. And I think getting it right. in really early really helps set things apart. Um, and, and, and keeps, and, uh, and uh, just sets it up as a key part of Slane's, um, story, you know? Um, and then, yeah, and, um, I love just this, just, um, this Wicker Man story and slain, um, yeah, breaking his way through and fighting all these guys and stuff. Oh, it's real good. Um, and so I really have to disagree with you. Um, that's the bottom. I'd say it's, it's, I'd say it's towards my top. It's like my second from the top or something like that. So what's your top? Well, for my top, I got to agree with you that it's Nemesis, man. Um, (laughs) You know, Rojaw's coming back is real amazing. It's real amazing this time, actually, because the first time I read 2000 AD, I didn't read uh, Robusters very closely. You know, that's mm. why, like, like as you recall, I, I got surprised by, like, the Golden Robots and the Saturn Six story. That's and the so Rise of Rojas and Hammerstein and stuff. That's which, so yeah. great. No, it was a great moment, but so it meant that like I wasn't really super like you know I didn't have a lot of nostalgia for mm-hmm. for Rojas or for uh, for for Mechwick the first time through. So I was like, what like what's going on with this? Like why am I? Sp- I'm clearly supposed to be freaking out by this, <laughs> but it's more just kind of this funny giant robot that's eating everything as opposed to a character I know. This time around, knowing and loving Mechquake and him showing up, oh, it's yeah, it's like an old friend showing up and just like suddenly being like on this show that I like. It's like all right, this is awesome. Oh man, you know? that's great. So it's got a real element of, of that for me. For bottom, I mean. I will super agree with you that like all of these are A plus comics, you know. They're so good, Conrad. Like, I, it's like uh, so hard to choose. Yeah, a lot. and 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 if Nemesis is a hundred, then like a lesser thing might be like a ninety-seven or something like that. Just mm. something where there's just a gnat tear in between them, you know. Um, so for me, I'm gonna say that the comic that I thought that was the least awesome in this one <laughs> is um Strontium Dog. And Wow, really? That's strong. I That's mean a really strong choice. Mostly I just feel like this Strontium Dog story is going slow a little bit of like okay. Like That's I've fair. seen, I've seen these comics where going from getting the body to having an undead kid would take like one <laughs> one comic as opposed <laughs> to five comics, you know. So sure, yeah, it means yeah. that we are kind of dwelling on these things, but like. Pfft, like honestly, that's just because I want to, because I love Strontium Dog so much that <laughs> I want to see a child resurrected. By I want, yeah, I want to go from this talking part to the next big action part. You know, 
<laughs> like, oh, that's excellent. I'm just like show pressing. Me, show me a necromancer resurrecting a child. Yeah, so I'm just trying to. I'm, just, I'm trying to skip through some of the cutscenes here in the to make it use video game terminology. Strong, <laughs> so, strong so, understand. So that's like so that's my knock. But it means that again, like it's an A. It's like a 97. It's like an A plus. You know, I'm required by the format of this podcast and the law of the land to put these put one in the front and one in the back. Do you, and do you know what's Strong hard? Dog's like, got to be at the end. I I had to talk to somebody a little bit about the fact that I'm doing a podcast about 2000 AD. Uh-huh. They were like, well, well, like if I were to kind of start listening to you guys like where would you be and i'd be like oh man like now's a really good time just because of the cool shit we're covering but uh, the issue i find is is twofold right like why nemesis is awesome you can obviously see it but backstory is needed same with strontium dog things like that well i mean and even if they were to know it i wouldn't want them to miss out on skids right yeah it's like how far back do you really go to get right now i'm telling everybody to start with the 1982 new listener episode and then listen onward from there um i'm gonna put out i'm just you know hey fyi to listeners like i'm gonna have a new another new listener episode um for the start of 1984 and i feel like i'm gonna try to do this every two years or so just to kind of be like what's up with these comics and then what's up with the current storylines and who are these characters and stuff Mm -hmm. um just like a stopping point and stuff so yeah, so that 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 be my ex that would be my suggestion, and then also yeah, we'll probably try to do some more collections and things like that because that's a good place to get those stories as well. Oh, that's pretty fair. Actually, um, I like our collection episodes. Me too. Yeah, we we got to do more. It's just been me being lazy. I will. I we'll just figure it out. I just re-listened to the Harlem Heroes episode because <laughs> I missed Harlem Heroes. Oh, uh, buddy. Anyhow, oh my gosh, we're off topic. We gotta get this, bring this one home, Fox. <laughs> all right, let's let's close around. Hey, Conrad, you know what? Yeah. All these people are listening to this stuff. Where can they even find this stuff? What yeah, well, about? you can find Space Spinner two thousand. Oh my god, you can find Space Spinner two thousand on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, and our podcast site, spacespinner two thousand dot com. Feel free to contact us, spacespinner two thousand at gmail dot com. On the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at Space Spinner 2K. For everything else, look up Space Spinner 2000 and we'll be there. Like, and then subscribe, you ding dang. Always. And then come back next time as Dread rumbles in the jungle, Rogue rocks the Gazba, and Johnny Alpha has zombie problems. (laughs) I mean, I feel like zombie problems were just going to happen. He's already had some zombie problems. Johnny Alpha continues to have zombie problems. (laughs) Until until then, I'm Conrad Eastbox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid Splendid Versus.